Hey there. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Revolutionary Health, the show about Black gay men's health and overall wellness. My name is Johnny Ray Cornegay III, and I am so happy to be with you this evening. I'm, I'm sitting in, and I'm happy to be here. It's been a while since I have been on Revolutionary Health, and um, want to definitely give a shout out to our host, Michael Ward, um, as well. So thank you so much for all the work that you do, Michael, and I am hanging out and sitting in for Michael this evening. So definitely go ahead and check out CNPTV. CNPTV is where you can check out all of the archived episodes of Revolutionary Health, as well as all of the other amazing programming from CNP, including our... Uh, program the black gay uh, the black uh the gay man's guide to dating uh so you could check that out on cmp tv and follow us on social media at cnp tribe so on instagram facebook and twitter so so excited about tonight's conversation and i have this amazing guest who um i'm going to have with me this evening and i'm going to uh read their bio and then we're going to bring them into the conversation but before we get started, please, 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 this is live. Um, bring your comments, bring your questions into the chat. So you can certainly type something to us. We will try to get to as many questions and comments as we can as we go through the conversation this evening. But um, I'm going to introduce uh, tonight's guest. So the amazing Malcolm Reed is joining me tonight. Malcolm is the founder and program manager of the Silver Lining Project and co-author of the Silver Skills Curriculum. Uh, he is the co-founder and co-director of PASAN, or P-A-S-A-N, uh, the Political and Social Action Network. He represents Thrive SS on the U.S. People Living with HIV Caucus Steering Committee, where he is co-chair of the Federal Policy Subcommittee. He also represents County District 2 on the Fulton County HIV AIDS Care Prevention and Policy Advisory Committee. In his role, he also represents Thrive Support Services on the SAGE HIV and Aging Policy Action Committee. With that, I am going to welcome the Malcolm Reed to join me. How are you, Malcolm? I'm great, Johnny. I'm so happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and it's great to see your face. It has been a little while. It has been a little while. We still we, we, we still got to get a couple of dances in after this. We, post. Oh, right. <laughs> another show, y'all. Me and Malcolm have to, we got to talk about dancing. It's, I miss, I, oh, I miss it. So <laughs> um, we're about to have um, a conversation about uh, an incredibly important topic. We're going to talk about a lot of things tonight, but we're going to anchor this topic around um, talking about uh, the meaningful involvement of people living with HIV. Such an important concept. And so um, where I want to start this conversation is if you could frame for us and talk to us a little bit about what MIPA is. So it's M-I-P-A. Tell us a little bit about what MIPA is and the kind of things that MIPA help, helps us to do in our work. Yeah. So um, before we get to that, um, just a little update uh, about me. Um, I am now the director of programs for Thrive SS, um, got a little promotion after starting the Silver Lining Project. And I also was recently appointed to be on the advisory board for the Metropolitan um, and the Epidemic um, Advisory Board. So, so just those, those two other two things that I'm adding to my plate. Um, but yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so MEPA, Meaningful Involvement of People with AIDS. It was people with AIDS when it first started. We, we now say Meaningful Involvement of People with HIV AIDS. Um, and basically to frame it in a quick sentence, nothing without a, about us without us. The principle of MEPA does two things for people living with HIV. It recognizes the importance of the contributions we make as people living with HIV, and it centers our voices in our care and support. So we want to make sure that all the services that we receive, from medical services to psychosocial support to, to uh, uh, housing, all of those things, whether they are federal policy um, um, exchanges, whether they are things that are done at the local government, at in your local Ryan White, um, Part A, Part B, whatever council, that the people living with HIV have a voice about what our care looks like, feels like, sounds like. Mm. You know, and when you, when for me, every, I'm, I'm of course very familiar with the, the concept of MEPA given, you know, the work that I do. And it's stark to me that we keep having to remind people that this is important, right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it should just be part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but having us talk about this, I think will one, let people know who don't know that this is, this is a concept that really needs to be considered. So if this is work that they are doing um, within their own organizations or within their communities, this is a concept to always keep in mind as you are doing that work. Yeah, and when you think about it, um, you know, a lot of people attribute MEPA to the Denver Principles, right? Mm -hmm. a, a document, a manifesto written in 1983 um, by people living with AIDS in, in Denver, Colorado. And, you know, the statement, the, the opening statement of that manifesto says, we condemn the, the attempts to label us as victims, a term which implies defeat. And we are only occasionally patients, a term which implies passivity and helplessness and dependence upon the care of others. We are people with AIDS. So that was written in 1983. But when you think about it, the concept is not new. The civil rights movement was mm -hmm. nothing about us without us, right? I mean, the hell, the the Emancipation Proclamation, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. everything, every, every, almost every civil rights um, struggle has been based on that same principle. Nothing mm -hmm. without us, without us, nothing about us, without us. And so you have to say to yourself, well, why would HIV be any different? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For folks that are watching this evening, uh, is MEPA a, a concept that you are familiar with? Um, is this new information to you? Um, so definitely comment in the chat. I'm really curious to know how people are coming into this conversation with us this evening. Um, and I'll be happy to uh, read those comments and, and, and have you weigh in on those, Malcolm. Okay. So, you know, Malcolm, you do uh, a number of different things. And um, I want to bring in something that you recently wrote, um, because okay. I think it all ties in to okay. this conversation that we're having. So you recently published an op-ed in Paz Magazine. So that was around election season. So election season is over now. What? Mm -hmm. So in that op-ed, you urge, you urge uh, people living with HIV to stay in contact with elected officials. Um, how important is voting and being engaged in the elections process 
um, for for folks? So for people living with HIV, as for people who for people in general, voting is extremely important. My issue with the whole get out the vote efforts that have happened um, over the years is they are successful. They get people to get out and vote, but they don't tell people what to expect when they walk into the voting booth. You know, what struck me um, with the, you know, Raphael Warnock, John Ossoff race back in, in, in January was that a lot of people mentioned to me that this was their first time voting. Mm. And um, so they went in there and they knew, you know, because of all the ads and all the hype, what they were voting for. My concern is that after that experience, are they going to vote uh, in 2022? Mm -hmm. And when they walk into the voting booth in a general election or in a primary election, mm -hmm. are they going to know who those judges are? Are they going to know what those bills are? You know, voting is not just something that you do that on election day or if you're blessed to have early voting. It is something that you have to do year round. It is it is it is an effort that you have to make to study, to understand what the issues are, to understand where your senator, state senator, uh, rep state representative whoever, city council person, where they stand on the issues. And the only way to do that is to constantly stay in touch with those people. Mm -hmm. You know, when when we founded PASAN, mm -hmm. the Political and Social Action Network, we did that with voter education in mind. <laughs> My goal at the time was we've got to make politics sexy. I don't know if I've been able to, I don't know if I've been able to do that. Have you done that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've been able to do that. But I do know that... Um, um, to a certain extent, I got some help from the orange guy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, it wasn't necessarily sexy, but he did make he did make people aware of what. <laughs> um, but I want people to be have that same engagement without that lightning rod, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, you 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 walk down the street um, during election season and you see placards and signs on the side, sheriff so and so. Mm -hmm. um, vote for this person today. We did a, uh, we, we, we conducted a program at Thrive SS and it was called AIDS Watch Out, right? Um, and the reason we called it AIDS Watch Out was because um, that year um, AIDS Watch had been uh, moved because of, uh, you know, change and a lot of people couldn't go. It was, it was virtual. So we decided to do something else as well and do some voter education. And one of the questions that we asked people was, do you know who your state senator is? And if so, name them. So everybody said yes, but then they all named um, 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 Purdue. They all named um, Kelly Loeffler at the time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that let me know that they don't know the difference between their state senator mm -hmm. and the their U.S. senator. Mm -hmm. And no shade, no shame. Mm -hmm. That's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, because if you don't know who that person is, then you don't know what they do. You don't know what power they have over you. And, and to bring it around to HIV, mm -hmm. I'm also the chair, the co-chair with Eric Polk of the um, um, Georgia HIV Justice Coalition. Yes. And one of the things that we fight for is the decriminalization or the modernization of the HIV laws in the state of Georgia. And Absolutely. there are laws around the country. Um, people don't know, but me as a person living with HIV, 
and living with HIV that is under control. I am undetectable. I can, um, I, you know, there is a concept called U equals U. We'll get to that in a minute. But it means undetectable equals untransmittable. If I, if my HIV virus is undetectable, then um, I cannot spread my HIV virus to someone else that I have sex with. Now, if that is the case, then why can I be arrested for not disclosing my HIV status? Mm -hmm. And and arrested with some of the same penalties as if as a person who was convicted of you know assault, right? right? And so. Those are the these are the things that we have to make sure that our community is aware of and and that our community needs to be able to ask their representative, hey, where do you stand on modernizing the HIV criminalization law? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, bringing this back around when we think about the meaningful involvement of people living with HIV, understanding even that understanding all of the things that impact folks that are voting you know, that are voting for you mm -hmm. is really incredibly important. And MEPA fits into that entire idea. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does, because, you know, we 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 are we are blessed in this country, no matter how horrible sometimes we think things are. We are blessed in this country. There are places where you cannot even be you cannot even identify as a gay man. You can't identify and you can't be out of the closet saying that you are a gay man living with HIV. We are right now on the internet and you know thousands, millions of people can see us and we don't have to worry about going outside our door and, and being arrested for that. Mm -hmm. So, but as I always say, and I ain't the first one to say this, there's an old cliche, freedom ain't free. Mm -hmm. And once you understand the freedoms that you enjoy, then it's incumbent upon you to understand how you keep those freedoms. The reason that these crazy voting laws mm -hmm. are, are being passed is because the folks that are passing those laws know how valuable your vote is. And that's Ooh. why they want to take it away from you, right? They wouldn't be they wouldn't be fighting so hard to take your vote away from you if it didn't mean anything to them, right? Mm. So, so they they know and that applies to you know you know people of color you know at thrive um and let me just move over here for a second um the organization that i work for thrive ss thrive is a perfect example of mepa thrive stands for transforming hiv resentments into victories everlasting support services yes. um and it was founded by three black gay men living with HIV, Daniel Driffin, Dwayne Bridges, and Larry Walker. Our staff and volunteers and board are more than 50% people living with HIV. We have a network of over 4,000 people, both men and women and, and people of all gender identities, non, gender non-conforming, um, you know, we run the gamut. And our job is to support them. And the only way that we support them is to make sure that we hear them, that we listen to them. Mm, this, this actually brings, this is actually a perfect segue into um, this amazing work that you do around the Silver Lining Project. Um, and one of the things that I absolutely, okay, let's, let's put it in context. Mm -hmm. So people living with HIV, um, folks, are there support that folks need as we as folks age, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I love, um, I'm going to make two plugs before I ask you this question. Um, first and foremost, I want folks to go ahead and we actually have a, an article in The Reckoning on the Silver Lining Project. Definitely go check that out. The other thing I want to mention that we have on The Reckoning is we are actually talking to um, city council candidates um, on The Reckoning. So you can read about folks. If you're in the Atlanta area, you can read about some of the folks that are currently uh, the LGBTQ folks that are running for city council. So you can check that out. Mm-hmm. So the question, um, can you talk to, to, to us a bit about why you founded um, the Silver Lining Project and why that is so important within the community? Yeah. So um, as a man living with HIV who was over 50, um, I realized how blessed I was. I have been in a committed relationship for over 24 years, for coming up on 24 years. Ne- next month will be 24 years for Stuart and I. Um, and that in itself is a blessing. But, you know, and at that time it was 18 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is a blessing. Um, I had a great job with great insurance. Right. I was working for a major telecommunications company. I never worried about my medicine. I never worried about, you know, any of that. Mm-hmm. But I kept hearing and 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 meeting people that had to do ADAP recertifications every six months. Mm-hmm. That were going through all kinds of, uh, of of trials and tribulations to get their medicine. And and we all know how expensive HIV medicine is. Just so, so just so that people know. The medicine that I take every day is thirty-seven hundred dollars a month. Um, wow! Yeah, thirty-seven. So, had, if you hadn't had that insurance, thirty-seven hundred dollars a 3, month. Thirty-seven hundred dollars a month, right? So, if you don't have some type of support, some type of insurance, um, Ryan White, something to to help you, then then you're just out in the cold. Um, but 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 it's not just the cost of the insurance of the um pills and everything else, but it's all the other, and excuse my French, it's all the other shit that you got to go through, right? right. You got to fill out these forms, you got to go here, you got to go there. I never had to do any of that, mm-hmm. but I talked to people who were, were going through that. Then I start, as I got, you know, as you know, you're getting older and, and like I said, I'm in a relationship, but I know many single men my age. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that I always say is you're starting to look around and you're not the cute guy at the end of the bar anymore. And, you know, that leads to a certain level of loneliness, mm-hmm. that leads to a certain level of depression. And I knew that my brothers were going through all of that. And so I was like, okay, you've been blessed. What can you do? And so, you know, I put that out in the in the ether, as they say. And um, a couple of people that I met on, on a cruise, on, on the SGL cruise, and one thing led to another. And I um, was um, invited to be a part of what is now Thrive. Um, but prior to that, I had gone to several other places to see what was out there. And I just didn't see anybody that looked like me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw I saw young black men, and then I saw older LGBTQ people, mm-hmm. but those people were not the same color as me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, this is, we gotta do something. So after being um, a, a member of Thrive for you know a couple of months, I mentioned to our executive director, Larry Walker, I said, hey, um, I'm looking around and I don't see anything out there for me. And he said, create it. And at that point I was hey. like, 
I, I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> what you talking That's about? It. I did my I did my best Arnold impression. What you talk about, Willis? Um, but yeah, and so I did. And, you know, got some help from some amazing people along the way. Um, um, you know, D.C. Branch uh, took the group and did a uh, photo shoot. And that that started things up for us. D.C. and Joe Robinson are now are now my um, um, the coordinators for the Silver Lining Project. Nathan Townsend and Claude Bowen and I sat down and wrote the curriculum. Jerome Crawford, I mean Jerome Crawford, Jerome, excuse me, Jerome Hoskins um, made it into, you know, made it into a real curriculum because that's what he does. And, um, you know, Larry, Larry Walker wrote the grant and bang, we had we had the project. And so now not only do we do the silver skills curriculum, um, um, which focuses on HIV and aging, we have a course on HIV and aging, we have a course on PTSD and trauma, because we know that most men my age living with HIV have probably been living with their HIV for a while, for a long time. But not only that, you've been gay a long time. So you, you're dealing with that. You've been black a long time. You're dealing with that. So we talk about that intersectionality, what that oppression has done and how that is PTSD um, and how that has introduced some trauma into your life. We then talk about loss. Um, because a lot of us mm -hmm. have lost friends in the 80s and 90s, but not only the the, 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 the the transition of people, but also the transition of stages of life, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, the, the, the loss of a job, the, the a job change, retirement, all of those things represent some type of loss. And then we finish it up with stigma. Mm -hmm. we, we, we ended with stigma because we wanted to introduce stigma. We wanted to, we wanted people to understand what stigma is and, and how it impacts you, but we also wanted to give them the tools to overcome stigma. And so um, um, after the stigma uh, uh, module, then um, we do a photo shoot and we do a retreat. And so our retreat this year actually is going to be on September 16th. We're going up to the Georgia mountains with everybody that has gone through Silver Skills. So there'll be about 40 of us up there. Um, and we'll, we'll, um, um, do that photo shoot. And not only that, but on September 18th, it's HIV and Aging Awareness Day. So we'll be able to put out some content over the internet about that as well. So, so yeah, I, I, I started the program. Um, Thrive was started by those three Black gay men mm -hmm. to save their lives. I started the Silver Lining Project to save mine and to save um, um, people like me. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's been a blessing. It's, you know, like I said, I retired from um, a major telecommunications company and, you know, with this, with doing this in mind. So, you know, I guess the only thing that I'm failing right now, and my husband will tell you the only thing I'm failing right now is, is retirement. I was going to say, how, how's <laughs> retirement going? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that too well, but, uh, but I'm enjoying myself. So, so, so I want to, um, something that is that is coming up for me that is is so critically important as we think about the concept of nipa mm -hmm. all of the things that malcolm just talked about could not happen <laughs> if folks who living with hiv were not meaningfully involved in the creation of that thing to save the lives of the men who need it exactly exactly it couldn't and happen. No, nope, it, it couldn't. It couldn't happen. It wouldn't happen if if there was no concept of MEPA, we would all be going to the doctor, 
taking our pill, going back home and slamming that closet door and taking our pills and suffering in silence because we wouldn't be talking to anybody. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't have those support services. You know, um, um, Larry has a saying, you know, there is no pill to build will, right? And so you can have all the antiretrovirals and now we're coming out with the injectables and we can do all of that so that you can live a, a full physical, healthy life living mm -hmm. with HIV. Mm -hmm. But if you are still, oh, I gotta tell somebody I got HIV. I just met this dude, mm -hmm. I, tell him I, I, I could possibly, I can't have sex, I can't, you know, if all of this stuff is going through your mind, when you know when you're first diagnosed, most people living with HIV will tell you that when you're when we're first diagnosed, every pain that you get, every sneeze is oh, oh lord, it's, it's it's HIV, it's AIDS. I'm, you know I'm gonna you know if you are still living with that, mm. imagine what that does to your psyche. Um, we need people to be able to get together and talk to, and that's what we do at the Silver Lining Project. I mean, we we have our OBA's roundtables. OBA is a West African word that means king. And so we have what we call our OBA's roundtables. Um, um, right now we're doing them every two weeks at, at, at our headquarters. During the pandemic, we did them once a week via Zoom. But it's it's about getting in a circle of men who 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 have that that thing in common that we, that we can talk about it. And we talk about, not only do we talk about HIV, and most of the time we're not talking about HIV, we're talking about we're talking, we're talking about old men stuff. We're talking about retirement money. We're talking about dating and we're talking about, you know, we're talking about sex and we're talking about anything that hits us mm -hmm. that we want to have a conversation about. We get together and fellowship and talk about those things. And it really lifts the mood. I just did a presentation that I sent back to our funder. And, you know, I was, I was almost in tears as I was doing it because I was just hearing the voices of the guys talking about the things that the, the Silver Lining Project has done for them. Mm -hmm. And um, and we get that from from not only the Silver Lining Project, but all the guys at um, at Thrive. Um, um, once you're in the network, people start to say how, how it helped them. Because when you are given that diagnosis, you have to be able to have someone to talk to about it. A lot of people don't talk immediately, but you have to be able to talk to somebody about it, whether it's a good friend, whether it's, and not only that, not only talk to somebody about it, but talk to somebody and trust that mm. the business will not be be out in the street, right? So so that that's the other thing. It's like, you know, we, we we're we're all black gay men. We understand how 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 messy some of us can be. Mm -hmm. right? That's real. <laughs> and and you know, so you have to you know pick your friends really carefully. And and we have we have people in the group who who have told us point blank, you know, I only talk about this within wow this safe space. I don't talk about this to my friends. And and we understand that. We understand that, and 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 we're here for it. We're here to we're here to help you deal with it, and here to help you and coach you to the point where you can talk to your friends about it, where you can take a picture and be part of our I Thrive campaign, where we take pictures and post them um, on the internet, or we give actually we give you the picture and say, hey, do with it what you will. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And, you know, most people do post their pictures and say, hey, I've been, you know, living with HIV for this long. I've been living with HIV for that long because it's so freeing when you can do that. You can now, okay, the world, I don't have to hide. Mm-hmm. It's just like the coming out experience, right? Once you, once somebody knows you're gay and you can come out, you can you breathe, mm-hmm. you know? <sighs> Malcolm, there's so much that we can talk about. Um, So <laughs> I, 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 um, so we're starting to to kind of wind down. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask this question, though, because I do think it's important, especially as we're talking about MEPA and the meaningful involvement of people living with HIV for allies. Um, how I want to ask this question in, in two ways, actually. So how can allies um, continue to participate in the movement, um, in the work that you are doing in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Um, and the second part to that is, what is what does Ma- what, what does Malcolm Reed require from allies coming to do movement work from your perspective? Help us eliminate stigma. Mm. You know, you go to you go you go to a black barbershop. Mm-hmm. You hear dudes talking about gay men. You hear dudes talking about oh, the gay guy walked in, he got AIDS. Stop it in its tracks. You know, shut it down, shut it down, you know, educate. Those are the things that because people when we just I was in a meeting today and it was a small sample size, very small sample size. um, But we were going over an evaluation of a program. And 50 percent of the people that were in that program at the beginning of the program. Believe did not believe that if you were taking your antiretrovirals and you were undetectable that you could not spread HIV. They didn't, they didn't believe it. They, they didn't know it and they didn't believe it. Um, um, there were some other things that you would say in 2021, we're still facing this. But you know, we have to understand we're still facing racism. We're still facing all of the other isms because all of those things are perpetuated throughout our family structures, they're pe- 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 perpetuated in church. They're, you know, it's like everybody has these beliefs mm. that that are, are, are just not founded in fact. And so the only thing that we can do is say, you know what, um, I, I know this isn't true and I can provide resources and links and and things. But, you know, hey, and we know that a lot of misinformation is on Facebook. Mm-hmm you know, counter that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. just let people know, no, this is, this is not true. Sometimes arguing on Facebook is, is, is pointless, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or any social media, it's, re- it's really pointless. But yeah, if you have friends, if you have, if, if, if you have a friend who has, has a child who he says to you, yo, I think my son's going to be gay. I don't know what to do about that. Um, love him. Yeah. It, you know, love him. That, that, that's what you do about that. You you love him. And, you, you know, when you think about the creativity and the things that people do when their minds are free of all of that bondage and stress, um, you know, it, it, it's really amazing. You know, your 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 son that's gay could could end up being the president of the United States. But you're sitting there holding him down, telling him you want him to do something else. Or you want him to be somebody who he's not, mm-hmm. um, um, you know. All of this, all of this, gender non-conforming, all of these things. None of this stuff is new. It didn't just somebody didn't sprinkle dust over the world, and now all of a sudden we have all of this. This has been going on for a long time, but people 
people were afraid to come out. People were afraid to talk about how they how they were feeling. And, you know, a lot of people lived all of their lives with that fear. And that's sad. It's very sad. It's it's very sad. You know, our job, our job is to provide that platform that says, no, um, we're we're not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, My allies, Mm -hmm. the same freedoms that you want in your life are the same freedoms that we want in ours. So spread that word. We are not trying to take over your children and make all your children gay. That that is not my agenda. Mm -hmm. It's not anybody's agenda that I know. Um, And, um, you know, uh, and we're not trying to infect everybody with HIV. Mm. You know, all of of these things that you know, we're not doing any of that. We are trying to stay healthy, stay well, and make sure that we have a normal, healthy sex life without Mm -hmm. spreading HIV, without the danger of spreading HIV. That's why we take our medicine every day so that we can live long and that our our partners and our friends can live long too. Mm. Listen, Malcolm, I, I want to bring in this last comment. I'm wrapping. I promise. Okay. Uh, I promise uh, I'm wrapping up. But I do want to bring in this comment from Dorian Gray Alexander, just saying, hey, it's great seeing the both of us. Hey, Dorian, how you doing? <laughs> and thanks for these narratives. Thank you so much, Dorian, for tuning in. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. Malcolm Reed, I want to say this. I want to look into this camera. I'm looking at you. Uh, I love you. And I miss you. And I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> I love you. And I miss you, too. And if anybody has any other questions, you can reach me at Malcolm at ThriveSS.org. That's M-A-L-C-O-L-M mm-hmm. at ThriveSS.org. And um, also just reach out to us on our website, uh, which is ThriveSS.org. And if you are right now in the Atlanta area or, or if you just need access to care, ThriveSS.org slash linkage, fill out the form, and one of our great linkage team will get back to you as soon as possible and we'll get you, we'll get you hooked. We'll get you to hook up. I love it. I love it. Shout out to ThriveSS. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Malcolm. And thanks to everybody for watching tonight's Revolutionary Health. I want to give another shout out to our host, Michael Ward. I am honored that I got a chance to um, sit in for Michael this evening. And um, I know he made it safely to his destination. So we good to go. Right. And right. Um, so that's all that was important. And um, so for folks watching, please um, follow CNP on social media. We can be found at CNP. NP Tribe on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you go on over to YouTube. Our, our YouTube channel is CNP TV. You can watch um, archived episodes of Revolutionary Health, as well as all of the other content from CNP. We are so grateful that you uh, support us. Thank you so much for being here tonight for Revolutionary Health, and we will see you all really soon. Awesome. Everybody. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Alvin. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Thanks, y'all. All righty.